0: Hello, fellow screenwriters. This is Rob. As some of you may know, we've offered the series How to Make a Movie for $1,000 on my Perspective Mofo YouTube channel. But you guys have been asking for something more in-depth on the subject. And as we rebrand into the Cinema Challenge series, based on your comments and feedback, we are able to offer something in the form of a live virtual workshop just in time for the holidays. Now, we wouldn't offer you guys anything we didn't believe would be of real value. And at $70 for admission, This is the perfect gift for the filmmaker in your life or in your heart who's got a story to tell with only an iPhone and maybe a coffee can full of loose change for a film budget. You can make that dream come true. You can bring that film to life, and we'll tell you how. Included with admission will be your workshop workbook, and during the workshop, we'll take you through pre-production to production to post, starting with how to develop your idea into a workable screenplay, what equipment you'll absolutely need, how to feed your cast and crew on a budget, and where you can get powerful editing software for absolutely free. We break down the dream into workable chunks so that success is achievable, even or especially with a day job. And if you sign up now before the holidays, we will also shout out your film. All you have to do is send us the trailer for for your $1,000 or micro budget feature within a year of taking the workshop and we'll promote you on our various social medias related to the Bespectacled Muffle content, as well as the YouTube channel itself. To sign up, visit the link in the description for your first step towards telling the story that's burning a hole inside you. There are three dates available in early 2023, but with limited seating, we believe those spots are going to go filled up fast. So again, go to the link in the description or email me at rob for more details. We can't wait to help jumpstart your cinematic journey in 2023. Thanks so much for supporting us in this new venture. Happy holidays. And now, enjoy the show. Hello, my name is Robert Higgins.
1: And I'm Kay Tuxford.
0: And this is episode 66 of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting in all of its forms from the perspective of writers just like you i'm not doing a thing because apparently i'm just like you know i'm you know i'm like stuffy so this is stuffy rob doing the intro uh rob this week,
1: with a cold is a little grumpy everybody so yes.
0: yeah um, well i mean i'm always grumpy but I'm, I'm i think i've got uh extra umbrage this week um this week we're talking christmas movies um somehow uh ongoing controversial topic as to what can can like uh consists of a christmas movie uh which we're going to address in a little bit but first as always we must discuss what is screenwriting twitter a twitter about this week take it away zach it's just another day in screenwriting drama
1: screenwriting drama screenwriting drama it's just another day in screenwriting drama it's another day in screenwriting drama
0: and we're back. So uh, first thing this week, uh, Tom Cruise broke the internet. K Tuxford, you didn't see this. Uh, no. You apparently missed this.
1: I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was doing a lot of Christmas shopping this week and less time on the internet. More time. Yeah, um, Tom Wait, Cruise broke
0: the internet so at the beginning of the week. He, uh, he was showing off, uh, I guess, some stuff from Mission 7.
1: Because uh, mm. they did
0: Mission 7 and 8 back to back. And they did this entire little featurette about the biggest stunt in the movie um, where Tom Cruise rides a motorcycle off of a cliff into a base jump. Like, he rides the motorcycle literally off of a cliff. No wires. And then it goes into a base jump where he, like, uh, you know, he, like, flies off the motorcycle and then, like, you know, a couple hundred feet down, he, like, hits the parachute and glides to where what i don't know how it fits into the movie they don't tell you how it fits into the movie um but yeah he uh people were just like yeah tom cruise is insane like i know he's a terrible person but he's still cranking out the hits um and uh, you know i'm sort of that's sort of where i am about tom cruise like tom cruise is obviously a terrible person um his sins are legion and has been well documented in other places just google it but like you know i, I I've, I've always i've said this and it's a hill that i'm not necessarily going to die on but it, it is it is what i believe i fucks with tom cruise because tom cruise is willing to die for us he is willing to die
1: <laughs> him and get jesus, our right?
0: 15 dollars at the at the cinema you know what i mean like that's that's where tom cruise lives as long as you're giving it up tom cruise is willing to die for us much like jesus um, since this is Christmas, you know, uh Tom Cruise is willing to die for us, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm sort of, you know, but then the 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 thing where it didn't get fun, you know, because you know immediately comparisons of this people are like Tom Cruise is the goat. I will admit that he is certainly in the the pantheon of action movie heroes, Um, no question. But they people started comparing him to Jackie Chan, and I. Yeah. I will. I won't have that kind of slander. We won't no. have that kind of slander. No, uh, no, no,
1: no. He can't hold a candle to the. No, channel. there's, there's no. Mm-mm.
0: No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No. Like, also,
1: also, like, mm, there's an entire team working with Jackie Chan that like they're like his family and he loves them and they're like they're just you know they work so hard for this uh i i don't know i just mm, and then it's not
0: just that it's like you know they were talking about the fact that like tom cruise is you know he's working with teams of people but jackie chan is the lead he's the guy coordinating the stunts you know what i mean yeah he's not the tom cruise is the guy's like i want to do this jackie chan is his thing is i'm doing this and then people are like how do we keep jackie alive you know right that's (laughs) Because Jackie's yes. about to do a, a like a fight scene on top of a moving train, um, you know what I mean, like that kind of thing, or Jackie's gonna throw himself into a moving car, um, you know, or or, or drive a moving car through and that's an entire the first village. shot of the film, so yeah, we you know, gotta get it right because he needs yeah. to film the rest. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's it
1: doesn't hold a candle, and I think like no, and no. I I would say even though like ooh the stunts are very badass, and I'm I mean. Again, Tom Cruise is willing to die first, so I'm not gonna hold that against him. But when you watch a Jackie Chan film, and I especially I'm like just thinking of like all my favorites like I grew up with in the nineties, like they're so creative and inventive. Like you can kind of oh just sit there and be like, Okay, I have this ladder. How can I beat up five guys with a painter's ladder? Like right, exactly including climbing it in the middle and kicking people on the way down and stuff, like it's it's it's, it's insane. Like, no, 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 no. Insane. The inventiveness
0: yeah. is insane. Yeah. Like, let me just, you know, I everybody sort of fell in love with jackie from rumble in the bronx and then there was just sort of like that that like back uh you know the backwards move through his catalog and then all of his movies got re-released under different names and things like that but you look at like his early stuff like you know police story and police story 2 and it's just like it's not even close it's not even fucking close it's just insane um you know those uh, just the fight scenes um, you know, like any fight scene from any Jackie Chan movie will put the fight scene in, in, um, in, uh, Mission Impossible 6 to shame, you know, where Henry Cavill is, uh, reloading his arms, you know what I mean? Like, okay, but <laughs> you ever see Jackie Chan beat up somebody with a shopping cart? Like, come on now. It's
1: <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's insane. like, it's Yeah. I trying to think I was trying to think of like who is my like where was my first Jackie Chan movie now that you've you've got me on that. I'm just like looking at okay, police stories here. I have to say I'm probably First Strike, I definitely watched way Ooh. too many times. First Strikes is good.
0: First Strike was uh, good.
1: Yeah, I had it on DVD and I just was like, yeah, uh all the time. Anyway, uh yeah, I don't I I think it's you know it's kind of reminds me, this is the same sort of like when people are like, You're the goat, kind of reminds me how like um Jennifer Lawrence said she was like the first female action oh, star. Yeah. And you know, we're like, Yeah, you're uh, right, Ripley, Ripley did never happen. That woman yeah. No, an exoskeleton yeah. And the alien. Hamilton,
0: Not a thing. Yeah. Uh Sigourney Weaver, not a thing. Not a
1: thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's just that short-sightedness sometimes people get where they're like, they're really excited but they don't necessarily, haven't seen this like pantheon of movies because we're talking 30, 40 year old movies. And so they, they want to express their excitement, but they don't know always what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I, I also get excited and sometimes don't know what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. I'm empathetic, but they're wrong.
0: Yeah. Speaking to people who don't know what they're talking about, the community is starting to wonder uh, very vocally after the whole um hBO max and and also not just hBO Max, but um well, more like Warner brothers um but the fallout from the well, the, the stuff coming down from hbo Max and stars and Netflix where like people were sort of wondering like, why are we doing this? um and they were like, oh, how do we combat this? What are we supposed to do? you know and uh the the general consensus is nothing because people you know they've got us all out here poor. Um, you know, and we're all working to try to get, you know, checks and that's where the checks are, so to speak. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't personally believe that. I believe that there are, there there are checks at uh, other places, but that's, that's not this podcast. But anyway, the people are sort of like wondering like what we're going to do because, you know, this, as we sort of head into like, no one seems to disagree that we're going to have to strike, that there's going to be a writer strike.
1: That's, I mean,
0: Um,
1: I would say I am 99.999% certain, especially considering the dealings at Warner Brothers Discovery. The link between the people that they're, you know, the projects that they're not keeping and the projects that they've taken out of HBO Max are projects where there was better deals for the writers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, it's pretty obvious that if writers don't strike and demand those better deals, they're not going to be given willing.
0: Right. There seems to be, like, a big... So like, everybody in the industry seems to be headed towards... It's really weird. Like, everybody knows there's a strike coming. And this yeah. like, I've never seen that before.
1: 2008 like, was pretty, like, it was. everybody knew what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, but it's, like... And it was it, the
1: beginning of streaming. Streaming. They were, like, we don't know what streaming is, so we can't tell you how much, like, how we should monetize it.
0: Right. But there seems to be a real reckoning coming, in, coming between, like, you know, studios as they want to carve out a more um, profitable uh, or l- more lucrative uh, slant to uh, streaming rights for them, um, yeah. because of the fact that they have overextended themselves. They all thought that they were going into a gold rush, not and, and seemingly not realizing very stupidly that there's a ceiling to streaming. There's going to be a ceiling to it. It can only go so high, yeah. like. And I don't know how they thought that they, you know, because when you have a, a, like, um, I think Ann O'Connor was saying that they have a model that's built on eternal growth. And that's just not the case.
1: No, because uh, did you ever watch, it was a very short show, but I thought it was just really funny for corporate America, Better Off Ted.
0: Yes, I love Better Off Ted. I loved Better Off Ted. There was was this
1: amazing. amazing, amazing episode of Better Off Ted where... They decided to put in sensors, light sensors that would only come on when people entered the room. Entered the bathroom, found- yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and they found
1: it didn't work on darker skinned people. Yeah, I remember so that. Instead of fixing the problem, they just hired white people to escort the black people. <laughs> and then they had to then do a diversity initiative and hire yeah. more black people and then hire more white people. And they the, the way that they talk corporate into getting out of it is they didn't have enough parking to hire everybody in the world. <laughs> uh because that's how that would, would be a never-ending move and that's sometimes the insanity of corporations i feel right like. i think that yeah you know, of course there's no more growth you'll run out of like literally you'll run out of people right you know, just
0: because they know. want to save some money on lights you know what i mean like that kind of stuff yeah. like some sort of stupid thing yeah where it's like we're trying to save and this is sort of what what's happening right now at warner brothers discovery it's like we want to save money because we bought this company and then it's just like, you know, merge this, these two companies. So now we have to find, you know, uh, all this money to sort of cancel our debt. So you guys get screwed because while we're also canceling our debt, we also want to give raises to our CEOs sure. and our corporate boards.
1: Because they also need to be rewarded su- for their, yeah. Right. Their- and
0: also make sure that our stock price doesn't take a hit and our, our uh, or, you know, our, our, um our board you know gets to make the same amount of money and or more and it's just for me it's like you know what i mean there was a whole big thing and this is probably off ten but there's a whole big thing this week about the fact that like you know people were talking about there's this mcdonald's in texas that went fully automated um, i did
1: see an article on that yeah. yeah
0: and people were talking about this is what happens when you raise the minimum wage and it's like no well yes it is but a that should have happened a lot sooner and be good because then if you if we have these places now where it's like okay that's fully automated good then it'll it'll make people realize how much like having an actual human person working for you is now worth you now have yeah. to know what these people are worth and pay them accordingly because if you if you can't just run it from machines then
1: you can't it must just... be a special skill right yeah. it's,
0: yes exactly
1: and I think I think yeah I mean that argument. Hey, me my You know, oh, they were always going to hire robots. Everything has always gone to towards automation. Right. This idea of like, oh, we'll hang on and have these shitty jobs, and think about how much
0: stuff is freaking automated now, man. It's like ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I mean, back in the day, uh, you had somebody who would go light lamps in the street every night. We don't do that anymore. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. Yeah. That okay. guy lost
1: his job, you know, a hundred years ago.
0: Nobody <laughs> thinks about that guy. <laughs> yeah. But
1: so it's it's one of those things that like, I understand the, the panic and the now, but the truth is, is like, we were always going to move towards automation with those things. It's safer. Right. You know, if you don't have a person safer, manning the stove cleaner and
0: then you know, like yeah, you know. if you don't
1: have a person manning the stove, you know, there's less chance of them slipping on some grease and hurting themselves, like insurance goes down or well, coming
0: to work sick yeah. and infecting the food and the people right. and the thing COVID
1: and-, and whatnot. Like that and it, it has nothing to do with the workers aren't valuable. They're just sitting there going, We won't have to insure cover as many people, we won't have to do XYZ, we won't have somebody coughing in the burgers, like whatever it is. And so it's like they were never not going to do this. It's just it's just a way to like argue against raising wages, and it's dumb, mm-hmm. it's dumb, exactly. dumb, dumb. Uh, speaking of dumb, 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 <laughs> I want to cover one small other thing because it was just Trump came it out. Just with it just sort of
0: captured the internet this week, you know. It was it's, like it was one of those things. Just everybody sort of universally agreed that it was dumb.
1: Trump is releasing NFTs. I think they all got bought.
0: They did. They yeah, all got like bought at ninety nine dollars.
1: How many NFTs were there?
0: Forty five thousand.
1: Yes, so so everybody just gave Trump forty five thousand dollars.
0: Well, no, it's more than forty five. It's forty five thousand at ninety nine dollars a pop. That's
1: right, right. So four hundred fifty. He was given half a million dollars in NFTs.
0: Uh, yeah. So he was, yeah. It was, It's a lot of money. Um, I I think I don't know what what I from what I heard it was over almost like seven million dollars. I believe um, it
1: because I'm guessing some of them were higher priced than others or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, for sure. me, it's just like, you know, <laughs> this guy's supposed to be a presidential candidate. And it, it was really interesting to see the right just turn on him um, this week because it was just one of those things that they just could not abide. And they were just like, come on, man. Well,
1: like, I you're I think making I'm ta- us look bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also think that on top of that, obviously the january 6th uh report came out yesterday and it does not look good either um so they really just they just they got a, the, the rats haven't jumped off the ship already they're like it's time to go yeah and so i think many of them have already kind of distanced themselves but the remaining are like nah, we gotta go we gotta go
0: they're very much singing there are no cats in america and the streets are made of cheese um
1: anyway i think we should turn on to a happier topic
0: yeah uh yeah part of this is the
1: holidays this is our holiday episode
0: yeah uh so kay tuxford and i decided to talk about our favorite uh christmas movies um but uh first i sort of want to address the controversy as i said i was going to at the beginning of because there's a lot of controversy uh, mostly surrounding diehard but uh, there's other sort of movies that fit into this um the sort of controversy is ongoing controversy of whether something is a is a christmas movie or not and i think it becomes um that i feel like you know that comes basically from uh it basically needs a a definition of like what a christmas movie is um because when you think about something like die hard you know that is that is die hard a christmas movie or You know, I think it is. Uh, but, you know, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie in the same way that Elf is a Christmas movie. You know what I mean? One takes place at Christmas, where Christmas mm-hmm. is inherently about it. And then the, yeah. And then the other one is where, like, the theme of the movie or the sort of the uh, the environment of the movie is Christmas. Elf is Christmas. You know what I mean? Right. He's right. coming from the North Pole. Santa's involved um you know or any sort of those movies where they're doing um you know an an adaptation of dickens uh that's that's a christmas carol christmas carol right any of the scrooged all of those things all sort of fit in that thing where it's like this is a movie about christmas and then the other one is these movies take place at christmas time sort of other sort of other movies in this list are uh die hard Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight. um, You know, sort of any of the Shane Black Christmas movies. Um, You know, but you, there are, but then again, you also have other things like, um, like The Holiday is a movie, is that, like, it is one of my favorite Christmas movies. I love it to death but i don't know if it's necessarily a christmas movie like it's not like love actually i would it of course is a christmas movie obviously but like i don't know that the the holiday even with the title the holiday even with it taking place at christmas is the same type of christmas movie as something like an elf like i do you I,
1: think do you think something that makes a quintessential christmas movie the first category is that there has to be a plot point around christmas day or christmas eve
0: yeah like getting to christmas yeah getting to christmas is the thing yeah
1: elf has this classic bit in the middle like at the end where santa slays you know it's like christmas eve santa's clay falls down in central park and christmas won't happen unless everybody can get their christmas cheer together and so right like, yeah
0: you like mo- movies that take place around christmas sometimes they even jump to new year's eve like they'll yeah, jump like
1: bridget jones's diary is one i was thinking of yeah it starts at a Christmas party on Christmas day. It goes for a year. So it winds up, I think on Christmas Eve or something, but like, yeah, it will jump. I think the next scene was like New Year's Eve. Yeah. It jumps right to New New Year's Year's... Eve. Yeah. Yeah. There's
0: a, there's a couple of different things like that where like, you know, they're um, you know, they, then the, the characters just like end up, Oh, we're just jumping to New Year's Eve. Um, There's a movie called two night stand. Uh, which is one of uh, sort of my yeah 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 yeah. and that was like miles
1: teller yeah yeah miles
0: teller and Annalie tipton um and they uh that movie clearly takes place at christmas and these two uh these two people have a one-night stand basically on christmas eve and then they get snowed in like you know what i mean and then for like the next day or so and so they end up you know stuck together it's not really a christmas movie it certainly takes place at christmas and then at the end it just jumps to new year's um yeah so like you know there's there's definitely a thing i definitely think it there's there's two types of christmas movies like okay say, so i have a I have
1: a new thought problem for you okay what about a movie that doesn't feature christmas but does feature new year's harry
0: uh, met sally uh, harry met sally yeah harry met sally I, I i put it in the category of uh of new year's movie um mm. Oh, that's so the, a, that's it's a,
1: a movie. holiday
0: movie but it's not a christmas movie. i don't know if it, i don't well i guess okay you can sort of put it under general holiday movie because you know there's <laughs> there's a lot of story going on in there but i sort of put that on as like because of the way it ends i always put that on as like that's my new year's movie um,
1: yeah
0: it's very much like a you know because they end up singing the whole thing it's not really so much of a christmas movie um but yeah, you know, because but then again, it's like you sort of open yourself up to think because then it's like is Forrest Gump, um, a, like a holiday movie. Because how many like how many New Year's Eves does Forrest do in that movie? It's several New Year's Eves. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Um,
0: you know, just sort of doing like different things. It's like I don't know, I, I don't know. But so like, I think
1: I think there are Christmas movies that have Christmas as a plot point, and there yeah. are Christmas movies that happen during Christmas.
0: Right. 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 Right um i think i think usually anything involving santa uh is like you know like jingle all the way is a christmas movie not a diehard christmas movie but is like because you're trying to get directly to christmas like right
1: and he's trying to buy a perfect present for his kid right under the christmas tree so it's right. all about doing the christmas ritual mm-hmm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. um
1: yeah or a christmas story is like quintessential it's oh, really yeah. just a countdown to christmas totally. morning yeah
0: um uh, yeah if you're yeah and your character uh, yeah home alone same thing christmas movie not like you know like whatever and stuff like that it's sort of it's right there on the edge though but it's like trying to get to christmas that's all the whole thing if the movie ends like right there like it's trying to directly get to that like christmas day kind of thing um I yeah but it the, does
1: get to christmas day and it does get to you, you know what is the thing like the kid gets the thing he wants for christmas yeah, what
0: is he the meaning he christmas wanted to be and, alone yeah 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 but he
1: really wants his family
0: i always yeah. think it was hilarious that like you know katherine o'hara and, and home alone like she does this whole thing and like um like trying to get back to kevin and then the family comes in like five minutes later this woman has been like hitchhiking rides with poker players yeah um and like her family candy, just comes over like, yeah. oh we got on a plane like the one that you didn't want to wait for like that turned out to be the one that you should have taken because we would have got here right at the same time uh, classic. classic yes <laughs> uh yeah
1: a little bit of reality
0: movie. for you in the middle of that movie uh
1: right yeah. okay so, so bob do you have i'm gonna count are we doing top five christmas top movies?
0: five christmas movies but we
1: have to define are we doing category one two or both
0: It just doesn't matter. Like what's your, yeah, whatever your, these are sort of personal. So it's like. You want to, you you want
1: to do one, then I'll do one. So like, what's your number
0: one? Uh, Of course it's Die Hard. Um, I I watch it every Christmas. I do not miss it. Um, I just, it, for me, it is uh, just, not only is it the the best Christmas movie, the best Christmas movie. It is also um, just the screenwriting is amazing. The, the everything about it is just absolutely perfect it's one of the there are very few perfect films um in the world i think die hard is one of them and it just it works for me on all levels there's not a moment i think of, of fat on it everything is purposeful there are setups and payoffs the acting is is phenomenal fucking yeah. alan rickman that is his first film that is his first film and he he's is just
1: he's like he's just like i'm gonna knock it, it out of the park i'm gonna be iconic
0: right he is he is the he is the villain upon which most other villains in action movies are built like everybody's trying to live to live up to hans gruber he is absolutely fantastic
1: yeah. and
0: he is menacing and hilarious and intelligent and the, and,
1: and the yeah and then the, the dialogue is quippy and right. fun
0: but and it, you know got, what the yeah The thing that I love about Die Hard is the thing that most action movies don't seem to do. It's the thing that I really love about action movies. It's like the hero has sort of a plan. The villain has a definite plan. And you're watching these two people like they're getting in each other's way because each one of them is doing the plan. And as they do it, like, you know what I mean? Like they're interrupting each other, but it it feels organic. It doesn't feel like... Because each one of them is coming at it from a different way. At no point yeah. does it feel scripted. You know, right. this is happening because this is happening. This is happening because this is happening
1: and this sort of this and this right. got in this way. Yeah, it
0: feels so organic. Everything that worked, everything that happens in the movie feels so organic and nothing in it feels contrived. And so for me, you know, like the moment that I really love is like, you know where he's trying to get the whole like the 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 cops the stop and then the the they reroute the cops and you see them go into like a donut shop and they're just like oh my god it's so terrible and then he gets like one cop he gets one cop but then that cop gets shot at and he starts screaming to the high heavens then you get all the cops you know what i mean right that's right, what right. would happen
1: yeah. one cop
0: says they're shooting at me you get all the cops
1: and they're like, like uh ah,
0: not today. Yeah. yeah. So, Die Hard is my favorite, and then in sort of like no other, like, I don't know, like, that's the only one that I will put it like number one. And sort of out of order, it would be like the Long Kiss. Wait, are we?
1: Are we going to go back and forth, or is it, are you okay? We can go. Yeah,
0: we, let's go. Let's let's do that. Yeah. Okay. My
1: number one. All right. All right, and we'll know that some of yours aren't in order. Hook. What? Yes.
0: Okay, no, all right, hook, I'll give you that. book occurs nope. on Christmas Eve. It definitely Christmas is Eve like takes place on Christmas. Yeah, no, totally.
1: And it, when he wakes up, it's Christmas Day, so yeah. it's definitely the night of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And you can is a Christmas tradition in London where like they watch it like it's on and on Christmas Eve, at, like their wow. Christmas Eve like story play. Yeah. Um, but I was obsessed with that movie as a kid. Um, probably more all right. than. Yeah, no, I was, like, I got to the point where, like, friends wouldn't come to my house because I'd put Hook on again, <laughs> um, and I'm, so no. all the people who are still my friends, I'm so sorry, I'd be like, we're watching a different movie, I swear, and then i put on Hook anyway. Um, yep. I know every word in that, but I think it's got all the great stuff, I think, from it, which is that you have that, like, childhood wonder and joy and all of that going on, and you've got a great big bat. Right. Oh Hook. yeah,
0: Dustin Hoffman is Captain and Hook. Dustin Hoffman is. Well, oh my god! Fantastic. Speaking of villains,
1: he's funny. He's just he's a scary. mean old
0: man without a mommy.
1: I know. Yes, and how he takes one of Robin Williams' kids and like transforms him and says, "I love oh you." Oh my more god, that's psychological
0: bad. warfare. Is, it it's was, so great.
1: It was so amazing, and they had that like baseball game in Neverland where he's just like, "I'm oh, like your dad. Oh, I would never miss your game," and I was just like this is intense like uh-huh. i was like no of course of also course the sword
0: fights in this movie are very tactile lo- that's why i love them they're amazing yeah.
1: yes Whoever Also, there's, was the
0: sword like the the choreographer for those fight scenes is just absolutely fantastic
1: absolutely uh and i mean all the little characters in lost boys like they're iconic rufio, oh, yeah. you can say rufio and people still know who you're yep. talking about
0: love um, loved me some thud when i was a kid oh though. i loved him thud- yes yeah.
1: yes and um I was I say? And then there's also that weird guest star of Glenn Close as a pirate. <laughs> in the Boo
0: Box. The bull box.
1: <laughs> and so it's just like it's got everything, and then you wake up, and it's Christmas morning, and everybody's right. happy, and Toodles is there, and they're like, Ooh. so I think I think number one has got to be Hook, It's like,
0: no okay, it's I'll a it's Christmas, it's it's, a, it's
1: Christmas, totally Christmas. I think it's like that I heard though, because like Christmas morning isn't a plot point, right? But but like. It occurs exactly on like Christmas night at yep. Eve, And then it's so fantastical and amazing. You forget it's Christmas.
0: I also love the sexual tension between like uh, Julia Roberts, Tinkerbell and Robin Williams, Peter Pan. That shit was like, like as a kid, you're just like, what's going on between it as an adult. You're just kind of like, God damn. There's definitely some kind of like, I wonder if we got like a Peter Pan handjob. You imagine kind of a, no, like a
1: Rob. This is a very special Rob path <laughs> you're going down right now. I just think that I mean I just that's don't a, think. I think I don't know.
0: I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get hit by Amblin for that one. I'm gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna get emails. Yes, um,
1: there's well, definitely but... a little foot fetish going. As she does a little ink foot print. Yeah, up there's, his shirt. there's yeah, something going
0: on between the two of them. There's something happened. Something happened. She's like. <laughs>
1: well he was a boy when he was there last so calm down no, now he was a, a teenager
0: when he left he was a full on teenager you watch okay. that movie that boy was like 13 14 years old when he leaves and then, neverland. yeah it's
1: like and he leaves Come neverland on. to go make out with the girl was asleep yeah
0: you know what 14 year old boys are like get the fuck out of here no i'm going
1: pretend but yeah you're right okay <laughs> okay so that's my number one minus all that disgustingness you just put in there thank you sorry all right what's your what's the number what's the second one for you not necessarily number two
0: on your uh i'm gonna have to go with elf obviously um Good just choice yeah because it's it's drop dead funny i mean uh that was favreau's like big uh break um you know swingers you know obviously did things for favreau but once he would did that movie he was minted as a as a hollywood director
1: yeah
0: um, he's fantastic um doing his own cameo as as uh, james con's doctor um but yeah will ferrell is just murdering it and then i've i literally you can reduce people to tears just to be like thanks mr narwhal you know people are like laughing their asses off it's really really funny um it just you know and um ed asner is santa claus just come on man it's just is yeah. it Ed asner is santa claus i'm pretty sure it's ed asner santa claus
1: who's the dad
0: uh Maybe james con right.
1: that's james con yeah it might be i'll have to look it up because he has uh, a beard <laughs> but and then
0: of course the villain of the piece being the new york uh, like police the, the rangers it's so great
1: uh it's yeah so I was gonna
0: say, great
1: obviously obviously the antagonism is mostly between it's a buddy comedy it's between dad and son but right in classic buddy comedies often they unite to go up against the worst evil evil think of like Toy Story, Buzz and Woody have to battle Sid, you know. Yeah,
0: at the end. So there's Sid. You know, here comes these park rangers.
1: (laughs) But, but specifically the horses. Yes. It's the the rangers. They don't talk about. They talk about how violent the horses are, and you're like, oh yeah and it's it's like you just hear them like dah, dah,
0: dah, dah, dah. elf man yeah. like that's a that's it's, a crazy fucking movie it yeah. is
1: on my list as well i wasn't going to make it number two but i will match you and say elf as well we just rewatched it while we decorated the tree this year and it is it it holds up
0: yeah it does it really like, does people
1: and people come out of the room and go i didn't know we were watching elf and by the end like everybody's there they're like yeah. we're in we're we're in this
0: it's really really funny
1: yeah, and it and just that, it just
0: works like every part of it works and then the ending is very satisfying it just it just you know it's it's one of those family movies because james conn does an immediate but i like that that sort of part where he's just like i don't care if you're like this is what happened like you are ruining my life and right. just like and then peter dinklage oh my god the peter dinklage cameo classic, oh my god
1: classic cameo it was amazing holy uh, shit oh my god uh
0: just amazing I, yeah love it watching love peter
1: it. dinklage just attack somebody rightfully so was mm-hmm. just amazing uh and Dang you're wow. on dinklage yeah you're on dinklage's side <laughs> you. you're like i want to see dinklage take on bill
0: farrell bill just farrell. kick his ass no you want to see it
1: yeah um, he's and, not and santa
0: I, um just the whole thing
1: yes yes i i mean i I think there's so many really great set pieces and you do like i think it's like a quintessential mall santa movie too um and and then yeah it's just it's just so much fun um
0: let's
1: let's make it a solid number two okay what else is on your list
0: um okay uh the holiday uh Yeah, I every love this year movie. you tell me how
1: much you love this movie. I
0: do. I love this movie. I like. I you know it like Kate Winslet. I was all anything she does to get to watch for me. Anything absolutely, hundred um,
1: percent.
0: She is the goat. Um, and so for me, I'm just. I you know I'm watching her in this movie, and I'm, like, but i have just. I there's something about this movie. I watch it at least once a year, of course. But I'm watching this movie last night with my wife. And I'm watching the chemistry between Jude Law and Cameron Diaz, which should not work on paper. And Jude Law is just making this work. I mean, they both are. But there's like this moment where she's just vomiting all of this dialogue onto him. And you can see Jude Law doing this this wonderful acting thing where he's giving her energy. But at the same time, he's trying to like get a word in edgewise as she is vomiting onto him and it's so great and i'm just like this is just a master class of writing direct of just of craft of all. Yeah. and i'm just i i'm looking at it and there's like there's like a it's like a at like a 51 percent or rotten to- tomatoes and i'm just like fuck you who the fuck thought this movie was a piece of shit and that like it's so smart nancy myers is so smart she gives this wonderful meet cute to jack black who's also doing amazing work in this movie yes and kate winslet and having him pulling this this eyelash out of her eyes such an amazing meet cute even though he does have a girlfriend at that point when you can do something like you can put chemistry between the characters even though they're with other people like that's good writing you know what i mean you're just like i want to see these two oh yeah right. he's got a yeah. girlfriend shit 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 you know like that sort of you know what it's, it's just it's perfect and it's innocent and it's wonderful and eli wallach is in there um as this like you know it's also like a little bit of a send up like they're talking shit about hollywood the entire time so i really love it it really goes for my like cynicist heart like it just it talks so much shit about hollywood while still being like about these are the the movies are the things that inspire us and so fill us I just with love, yeah, yeah. It's I all of it, all the way down, love it. Everyone is doing work. Cynicism the with
1: a gooey center. Yeah, yeah, I love
0: it. Just could not, I love it more. It is absolutely fantastic.
1: For okay, the so I'm also going to toss out. I know you mentioned the Shane Black, but I have to put over a long kiss, good night. You haven't said it officially on your list yet, but kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah, kiss, kiss, bang, absolutely. bang is just a delightful watch. It's, just
0: watch that. So yeah
1: good. i i need to for the season i've been i've been hankering so bad it's robert downey jr it's, oh yeah so great abandoned? yeah no wait uh, wait who's but, Kate perry
0: oh val kilmer
1: kilmer i don't know yep. what's uh, I was like, which one the other one um val kilmer who's val just kilmer. like rocks the role like, yeah he's he is might be so- one of his so so gay
0: in the movie and he just he's playing it he's not a caricature but you he's like he's there's moments where he just gets like like i've had like you know dudes that just like are gay perry like they're just so good and he's just like die and he just like he hates he gets so bad and the way, like, he and Robert Downey Jr. just spar with each other is just, it's it's lovely. But I, then,
1: I would have watched them in, like, three more.
0: Yeah, just over and yeah. over again. I would, like you said, like, if they did, like, a series of movies where it's just, like, those two, like, a, like, spinoff of that, I would just watch them all because they were absolutely hysterical. Yes. Um,
1: and, and of course, it is a Christmas movie because it's spring yep. during Christmas. And the first robbery has like a little jingle all the way vibe, which is while they're robbing the place, Robert Downey Jr. tries to get a present for his kid. Yeah, and his buddy gets shot, and he accidentally wanders into a casting session and which starts is so we- great. I love the part that, where the
0: cop comes in and is just like, "What the? Oh, wait, good luck." And you're like, <laughs> just like, "That's that's so Hollywood." Um, so
1: Hollywood, and then they come, and it's Hollywood in Christmas in LA. Everything is like dark and cynical. And i've read the script to mystery.
0: this movie uh, and um it, like there's a point where like they where like shane black is talking about uh robert downey jr like as he's trying to make his way into the casting audition and there's a literally a line in the book where uh where shane black describes robert downey jr's character as look at me oh i'm so fucking nonchalant <laughs> it's like yes classic shane black script uh yes. it's so good yes.
1: yeah it's- and i I love all the characters. It really pops. The mystery is fun. Um, and then, oh my gosh, the ending where, where, like, Robert Downey Jr. is summarizing everything that happened and mm-hmm. he talks about the people who lived after the big shootout. He's like, you know, Gay Perry lives. And he's like, and so did Abraham Lincoln. And he just, yeah, like, more like, why don't we just bring them all so, back?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, so great. And it's they just so all, great. Just, it's like, it's really off the wall. Um, yeah. And the, 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 I think the, more so than any other really like uh like um voiceover it's really really great in and, and the meta way it does like there's that part where he was like oh shit i forgot to tell you about like how harmony did this thing and he's just like it's i sound like my dad where i was doing this thing he was like oh i forgot Long to story. tell you the guy yeah. like the guy was riding a blue horse
1: fuck <laughs> it's so <laughs> yeah. great it's yeah. really really I, amazing there are very few movies where it's fun to watch somebody like it sounds like they're telling a story i think right. of that one i also think of like the fall uh the mm-hmm. where like he's telling a story and sometimes there's like the, the little girl he's telling it to there's some misunderstanding like he's thinking of like cowboys and indians and she's a little girl from like i don't know like central europe or something so she's picturing like indian people from india right and so like he'll say one thing and he'll you know oh he's you know trying to get a squad and she's imagining this like man like in full like kurta and indian outfit and yeah. like i love that sort of stuff because it does show like the nature of storytelling and how it can you know right, change, how it can change the from person listening. to person yeah yeah or whether or not you mentioned the horses
0: yeah i I, and I love the this movie is really great for i mean shane black is famous for setups and payoffs but it's always like the the movie setups does the setup and pays off in the ways that you don't expect like there's this point where robert downey jr is trying to prevent um like uh, Bridget Monahan's character from getting perved on and he gets he gets super tough and you're expecting it to be Robert Downey Jr. you know he gets into a fight with this guy and then he's going to kick his ass and then the next thing you see is Robert Downey Jr. getting his ass kicked and yeah. just taking him to town and uh then the girl like Bridget Monahan, ends up walking off with the asshole who kicked him who was perving on her in the first place it's really really funny but you're just like wow that is that is absolutely what would happen in real life. It just like it just works, all of it works, and the dialogue is just razor sharp. There's there's that there's a great line where like uh, Bridget Montez was like, oh wait, the blonde, the blonde's pathetic because, well, for starters, she's been fucked more times than she's had hot meals. You I heard about that. It was neck and neck, and then she skipped lunch. Like the, okay. <laughs> that line. These lines are razor, razor yes. sharp. Yes, Just, you cannot, the dialogue just crackles. It is a masterclass in dialogue, just, and delivery. I just, I love it. I, oh yeah, okay. So yeah, all right, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay,
1: okay. So what else should
0: we add? Uh, Well, of course, if you're going to do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I'm going to do the long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, okay. It, Gina Davis- absolutely amazing just another one where like everybody is just operating on a high level it's one of the only good Rennie Harlan movies Um, and again the dialogue is just (laughs) your dog Alice what's wrong with the dog simple he's been licking his asshole for the last three hours I submit to you that there's nothing there worth more than an hour hour of attention whatever he is attempting to dislodge is either gone for good or there to stay (laughs) (laughs) Just absolute sickness with the dialogue. Um people like have come back around on this movie because I remember when it came out, it was kind of like whatever. You know, there's something I noticed this uh this time around when I watched it. Um everyone that tries to sexually assault the main character gets killed. Every oh. single one. There's like a there's like a definite feminist statement that like Shane Black is making through this whole movie, and like like well, you know, just about the fact that Charlie is like one of the biggest, um, uh, baddest female action stars. Like she can go toe to toe. Like yeah. I'll put, I would put Gina Davis's Charlie in like that pantheon of like action stars. She's just kicking so much ass in this movie, and it's it, it's it's brutal. Um, it's it's very sort of much of of like a proto Charlie Steron and like Atomic Blonde, like yeah. definitely like a like sort of comes from that Charlie baltimore mold it's really really great but you know it's every single one like there's a point where like like literally one of the main care one of the, 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 the main, main villains timothy he goes uh don't don't i wouldn't try to play doctor don't do that like <laughs> if you do that you try to do that you're gonna get fucked up the guy tries to do it anyway and she takes out his eye and then later on she breaks his neck like you know what i mean like you, anyone who tries to like sexually assault the character, they die in the most brutal of ways, and so it's just it's really really amazing. Uh, the movie is like doing uh, not only like wonderful action things, but also having conversations about consent. Yes, um, just absolutely a fantastic Christmas movie, ahead of its time, and of course just full of setups and payoffs and crackling dialogue. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I hope not, because I'm thinking about how much my balls hurt. Um,
1: <laughs> yes yes samuel
0: L. jackson stealing every scene that he's in uh just absolute mm-hmm. so good except where where brian cox comes in brian cox comes in and then he's stealing the movie from everyone um
1: it's just a competition at that yeah, point like no i'm a, yeah. gonna
0: steal it there's a there's an embarrassment of riches in this movie it is just it is is just so good and you're looking at it and you're just like like the movie in itself, like, you're looking at it, you're like, there's no reason for this movie to be this good, but it is. It just is. It's one of those, like, should just have been relegated to, like, you know, like, uh, like, direct-to-video, like, old 90s movie, like, that sort of thing, but it is, like, leagues above most of, like, action movies that have, that, that were made this year. Like, it just, it's yeah. tactile, it's funny, it's, you know the fights feel uh impactful it's everything that you want and there's character work
1: here there's character yeah. work that makes you go amazing character i want to see how this happens where well, i think right. a lot of times action films are like oh it's interchangeable protag you know has mm-hmm. xyz problem i'm not that invested maybe i'm just feeling that way cuz like avatar 2 is out but whatever um uh, <laughs> Anyway, okay, so that's a good one. So what so am I what's at? your
0: uh, what's your number four, K tux My
1: number four, okay. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm going to say this and you are going to mock me, but I am a love actually fan.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: I love uh, Emma Thompson. Alan Rickman also doing a really great performance of a confused man who wants to cheat. Uh, on Emma Thompson, which is forbidden. Um <laughs> I'm very mad about that stuff.
0: We do not uh, cheat. it's
1: it's stupid it's silly it's 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 got all like there's a million it's certainly
0: iconic i will give it the fact that it is iconic even though that is i do one year
1: once (laughs) you know what if you can like the holiday at 53% Uh, then i can like love actually and the the bill Nye storyline alone i would just watch that yeah yeah i mean it's it it embraces its cheese it doesn't try too hard to be more than it is it goes down smooth and uh yeah it's not like a perfect movie by any means but i definitely like when it hits christmas time and it's getting cold i'm like well when am i gonna want watch love actually i like i jones for it and you know there's a lot of really good stuff in there too and the comedy is really strong
0: some of it i really like the martin freeman storyline yeah. uh the, that that one so of course yeah of course yeah of course that's totally me of um but it's it. so yeah. it's so it, it's so innocent and it's like you know they're just like naked together and they're just like trying to it's so great i i you know i would watch that movie i want to see that movie that's i think that that's I, I think that's what love actually is there's a bunch of good movies inside of that movie but together not so much um just people kind of... will
1: disagree with you uh yeah I think the problem is, is there's so many cute ones it's hard for me to just pick one
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: like I like the I like the prime minister storyline I mm-hmm. like the I like Emma Thompson's story I love that they find out we find out at the end that they're related I love when they go sing Christmas carols looking for Natalie at the end and we see all the other characters on that street like it does all these things to bring it back I think the only one that I'm like eh is the guy, Colin, who goes to the States and winds up with, like, five beautiful women because they like his accent. I was like, okay, Briggs, calm down. Um, But everything else, I was just like, I'm invested, I'm in. Um, So, and I think, I think what it does is it basically takes a lot of the tropes or things we expect from a holiday movie and then give us, oh, and the Colin Firth one is cute. There's just so many little storylines where you're, like, you get to have all that, like, Christmas cheese, but you get to have like a whole platter of it. It's like a one thing, like a charcuterie board of Christmas tropes.
0: The one thing that I really sort of hate about Love Actually is not really its fault, is that the fact that like the the fact that it was so successful and then became so iconic, you know, sort of brought in like a like a legion of pretenders, like Mother's Day and Valentine's Day and like all of these like let's try to shove a bunch of celebrities into a bunch of like a like a Pulp Fiction mad lib style movie where none of this is going to make any sense and none of it is going to be impactful and we're all just this is a clear cash grab to sort of love actually a holiday something else and it's just a bunch of pretenders and that's not the movie's fault because that's yeah. just what hollywood does but i have to blame the movie for that so it's absolutely
1: 100 percent uh, i know i know you do uh do. you're wrong though everyone oh, else gets okay. to forget okay 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 so right. what's your number five
0: uh okay um i have to pick at least one um and i do i watch it every year and i i watch it because it makes me cry and it's scrooged you got to pick oh. one of the dickens adaptations there's a bunch of them obviously you know you've got your muppet christmas carol you know you got That's the one, one i grew up on yeah got it you got your spirit just
1: came out this year too right
0: there's there's so many of them and like you know but for scrooge to me like it feels the most real uh of them i just you know (laughs) another thing where like sort of like that gooey center in the midst of like a bunch of cynicism you know you have uh you know um bill murray as this executive he's like excited about the fact that his uh his ad for um their the Dickens, live christmas yeah. thing yeah gave a woman a heart attack and she died and they're like you cannot get pressed better than this <laughs> it's so terrible
1: it's great no it's so, it so is.
0: terrible and Hands you have down, bobcat Ghostweight. um is it bobcat is it yeah
1: he's yeah. uh he plays he plays the the guy, the guy who, who gets fired yeah 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 he he gets fired and you know and it then, then comes
0: back with a shotgun it's so great um it's...
1: It's delightful, um, yeah. and yeah, it's Ben. Alfred favorite- Woodard
0: as, as, as his is sec- his long suffering secretary, and she's just doing work. is a thankless role, and she's just eating. Uh, she's eating off of it, and then yeah. at that thing where Bill Murray sort of comes to it. You know, there, you know, various people. You know, uh, you know, Michael Caine of course, does a really great job. Of Muppet Christmas Carol, but like, you know, with that whole moment where like you know the the character is supposed to come through after having visited the three ghosts and it's like oh the spirits have done it in one night but when bill murray goes on that 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 like that rant on tv and he was like i'm ready for this miracle like i get it now i mm-hmm. understand what this is about and he was like and he he sort of frames it in the way that i like that that I feel like this is the way it may, it's supposed to make sense. He was like, you know, if you have that feeling and you feel good and you want it to happen every day, and then you realize that it's not about Christmas. And then, you know, it's like, you know, that you're not going to be one of those people that says Christmas is a fraud. It's just one time a year. It's not. And I was like, I sort of get it. He talks about how, like, you know, that you've turned this into like like the dopamine hit that you want, you know, that yeah. this is making you feel better. You know, this, that sort of, uh, like empathy as a dopamine hit, like that's, that's the way humans sort of process things. And I really love it. Like, I love it for the realism of it, but I also just love it because he seems to be, he's like having this moment. He's really there. And I cry every time, like he starts getting into it. He just, he, he like, is he wins me over in that speech every time. And I just, every year I'm like, is this the year where he doesn't win me over? And he he does. And I start, I just, I start tearing up. I just love it. Damn you, Bill Murray.
1: You did it again.
0: Yep. You did it, Bill Murray. And, uh, you know, he's, by all and large, he's just a piece of shit through the whole movie. (laughs) It's really funny. And he
1: might be that way in real life too. Yeah. Yeah. But like,
0: you know, but it just works. It just, it works. Mm -hmm. And it's funny and it's it's timeless um, no matter what. And it just, Absolutely, love it. Carol King as the fucking ghost of ghost of Christmas present as this BDSM themed ghost yes. of Christmas present. Holy shit. Holy shit. Um Carol Kane. Holy crap. Yes. And uh,
1: Bernadette Peters is also a ghost, right? Isn't she
0: Future? I don't know. The, uh, Christ- the ghost of Christmas Future is under a ton of makeup. Oh no, no, since so
1: she's present. Oh, she's great too. Uh, so I'm just putting that up because that, again, I said it's one of Ben's favorite Christmas movies. And if she comes on and, you know, he's not in the room, he'll be like, pause it, wait. He's <laughs> like, not yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's definitely a good one. I'm trying to think like, for number five, I don't want to be too elitist like i think i think the best part about a christmas movie is like like elf i think is that like you kind of have to just embrace the like the 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 cheer and not in an artificial way but when you're like yeah i know it's christmas and we're gonna just be happy and i think the one for that for me is a christmas story
0: oh shit
1: yeah it's i sure mean first I of all fantastic voiceover it's so nostalgic like i've been watching it since i was a kid and i feel like it's transplanted like back in the day everyone was watching like it's a wonderful life right we didn't right. even mention that but nowadays like if i go on tv and it's christmas time i'm like I don't watch well
0: i mean tnt ever. i don't know how like your your cable situation growing up was but for me i know that like tnt would do like uh like it's a wonderful life i think they did like 24 hours of it's a wonderful life christmas eve and then 24 hours of a christmas story christmas day and so they just played nothing but a Christmas story back to back to back to back, back awesome. to back for a whole fucking day. And so I think a whole generation of kids grew up with that movie. And you just, you know, it, it, it just is. This is a part of your psyche. Whether you like it or not, it wouldn't make uh, you, it wouldn't even make my honorable mentions. But I understand why it's in a lot of people. I'm going to
1: argue it is maybe the most Christmas movie, the most wow. non-magic christmas
0: movie
1: wow. in existence uh wow. because stuff like elf obviously we need santa and christmas and whatnot the right. thing about a christmas story is everything that happens is just a regular family celebrating christmas like we all do they are us right and we go through the entire Christmas season. We go through, oh, this is what I want for Christmas. No, everybody says it's dangerous, and I'll shoot my eye out with the rifle. Um, <laughs> you know, nobody will give me the present I want, which is like every kid's worry, right? You're like, right. Put it to the top of the list. I let everybody know. I dropped it in every sentence, and you know that will oh, I get it or won't? It's like it's so pure for like a kid's Christmas. And then on top of that, we get we get all my favorite like Christmas tropes we have the picking out of the tree, the lighting of the tree, which obviously goes bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a white Christmas but snowy. Um, you get um, the the surprise gift, uh, which happens to be the rifle after all. Like it all pays mm-hmm. off. And then you even have a Christmas dinner scene. you know? So it's like you capture all those things. Now the Christmas dinner goes awry and they end up eating at a Chinese restaurant because it's a comedy. But like, I just feel like, like it hits so many of those Christmas beats unabashedly and it doesn't Mm -hmm. even try to pretend like partly because it's from the eyes of a kid so it's supposed to be like a very classic Americanized you know Christmas but um they hit it so well even to this point where like the presents right right you have the annoying kid brother and you have that he has to take care of and then the presents like the bunny suit he
0: gets from his aunt. The bunny you know? suit. Right. Good pink suit, man. Just and every like...
1: every kid is afraid there's a bunny suit under their yeah right now. Right now, they're just thinking about it, going like, oh, please don't make it be another thing. Aunt Carol crochet, you know. Please, 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 you know. And the moment just, where, like, it. Santa,
0: like, that was my favorite movie. The moment where Santa, like, kicks Ralphie in the face and, like, that, right? <laughs> sets him down the slide. <laughs> It's just like, that's a perfect, like, moment for me. I'm just like, I would have, I would have kicked that
1: kid. I I also love the part where they send him down the slide and he just gets stuck. He, like, we've all done it as kids. You stick your arms out and you just hold onto that plastic or metal as much as possible and he's just like, no! It's, it's, it was such a kid move. Like, it felt I knew that kid. Um, And then, you know, we have so many iconic things with, like, like Elf and, like, these other Christmas movies. You can, like, say you know it's a major award that's a that's agility. a i mean yeah. without
0: magic i think you're right that 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 is probably it might be the most christmas movie i'm trying to think of like something of that's like more christmas movie because even something like you know maybe like a jingle all the way like at the end of the movie schwarzenegger's in like he gets like he becomes like whatever man and like ends up turbo man and mm-hmm. ends up with a jetpack. um <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking jetpack he just becomes like a man with a jetpack and then this the kid's like my dad's fucking turbo man like you know and even that in itself like you know is a kind of magic you know not a lot of jetpacks um but it <laughs> just kind of it's what it is
1: yeah um, i was gonna say but i was gonna say if usually you need some sort of christmas magic and i yeah, will argue a christmas story of christmas
0: magic there yeah
1: the magic is the family and the characters and like I even just saw HBO Max before obviously HBO Max is doing all their stuff uh did a a prequel called a Christmas story story yeah about yeah which I don't know if you caught it but it is it, it is pretty adorable and it's about, you know, um, he's all grown up now, and he has to do, he has to, his dad passed away, and he has to carry on the Christmas mantle, and he's freaking out, <laughs> and he's not doing a very good job. And, like, they even bring back, like, all the kids now grown up who are still living in the house, like, in town to, like, help them out and stuff. And it's really charming. So, you know, I know a lot of people, and it's a prequel, because it turns out he's a writer, and he ends up writing a Christmas story in the book. So, uh, oh. twist, twist. Yeah, because he's comparing himself to his old man and how his dad always made Christmas so wonderful. So it's like, Oh, it hits all the right beats and still no magic, lots of wonderful characters. And like, it can't be Yeah.
0: Well, that is our, our top five Christmas list. Uh, yeah, let's, um, I want to almost do like Christmas movies that do like, like a mention, like a thing, but I think we've mentioned a lot. Uh, Um, I I will
1: say I think there's a we mentioned new year's eve i also want to say obviously okay. there's the pre-christmas movie which is the thanksgiving movie right and i think we can both agree that's planes trains and automobiles
0: absolutely 100%. Yeah. 100 yeah one hundred thousand percent. um but uh let's move on to what are we watching consuming writing um besides
1: all these christmas besides movies.
0: the christmas movie, well that's all i did this week i, I did shame black christmas so i oh. did uh iron man 3 and kiss kiss bang bang to sort of finished out uh, my my uh, thing. I didn't get to Lethal Weapon. Uh, mm. Didn't get to Lethal Weapon because it, it seems to be in a streaming uh, limbo, and I didn't feel like you know trying to rush like trying Barret to it out. Yeah, trying to get it or spend four dollars to um, to buy it on streaming a movie that I've seen like half a billion times. So um, didn't get to watch Lethal Weapon, but did do Iron Man three. And you know what, like. I actually, I, I don't know. Iron Man 3 is a movie that I absolutely did not like. Um, as I, when I first watched it, I remember going to the theaters to see it. I remember being very disappointed by it, but now as I'm watching it, and maybe, I don't know if that says something about the, what, like what phase four was, or maybe like whatever. But when I go, when every time I go back and watch Iron Man 3, I love it a little bit more. <laughs> um, And I loved it more here. Like, the story of, um, I think it's more because Marvel movies, uh, expand upon what they do. And you look at Tony's arc yeah. and where he ends up, and you could see post like New York, um, because he's pre Ultron but post Avengers in Iron Man 3. And he finds himself in this space where he now feels this immense responsibility because aliens fucking opened up and tried to um like take over the planet and he was able to stop an alien invasion with six people but you like he was only able to do that the avengers were only able to do that because they had the element of surprise on their side nobody expected them to team up and be like that thing the only person who knew that was going to happen was nick fury and so now you have tony in this place where he has this he he feels this ginormous responsibility of i am earth's protector i am literally the protector of this planet if somebody right. else rolls up on this thing he literally says an age of ultron if somebody else literally rolls up i've got to suit up and be the guy like you're that and that's an amazing thing to be on the hook for think about that if you're like if you're a person if you're a human being like now that you know if aliens show up and they're like hey we we do this you're like you have to be the guy you have to be the bouncer who's just like i'm sorry uh earth is closed today we're having a private party it's christmas um <laughs> like you know <laughs> that's your job that's yeah. your fucking job and like tony is just freaking out about that the whole time because he's just been like for him it was like you know, it started. He doesn't about, feel you,
1: responsible for anything, and now he resp- feels right. responsible for everything. Well, yes. I mean, he's
0: he's been on a journey. Like before, it was like, okay, sure. I want to be civically responsible. I've been a warmonger You know, I did this thing, but now I've seen what my weapons can do in the hands of other people. And then it was like, okay, I did this thing. Uh, you know, this is now my responsibility to be this guy now to sort of to bring this team together. Now it's like, I, you know, what am I supposed to do now? Like. How am I going to prepare for the next attack? Because there's going to be an attack. There's not going to not be an attack. And he turns out to be completely right. You know, obviously, Costanos comes down the thing. But it's like, how am I going to be ready for the next attack? And that is so weighing on him and stuff. Like, it just gets better every time I see it, like I said. So, uh, Iron Man 3, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Worked on finishing my horror script. It's really going to come down to the wire as I try to finish it before Christmas. Uh, and that was my week. What about you, Kate Tuxford?
1: Well, I did a lot of movie watching this week, which I'm very proud of myself because I I looked at my, what are we watching the last couple episodes and I'm like, TV, 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 which is great. Um, But I am, uh, two nights ago, I made my daughter watch a double feature of Mannequin and Splash.
0: Whoa, (laughs)
1: I mean, she really. Why did you this. want
0: to scar your child for life?
1: She will, first of all, she loves like eighties clothing, like it's okay. back in fashion. So I was like, well, you should see mannequin. And then after that, I found out Splash <laughs> was on Disney Plus, and I was like, do you want more? It's Just basically want, the more same Daryl story. Hannah. Yeah, but she's a mermaid, and you definitely see her butt. And she was like, yes. So we did a double feature of that, and now she thinks like the eighties are the coolest thing that ever happened.
0: I would agree so with her.
1: I so I became cool. I uh, showed her my old <laughs> landline telephone I had in my parents' house that was,
0: oh, uh, my was God. a
1: piano and all the keys were numbers, you know, and she was like <gasps> We're gonna have to
0: do like an episode once of like things that were like cool, like you know, the the like how things have changed in terms of like what is cool and what you look at 80s movies, you know, and stuff like that, and you think about like the way that we talk about consent and things and stuff like that. And you like even the idea of something like Lloyd Dobler. You know that that picture of him with the boombox was an instant panty melter in the 80s now you look at it and this just was like a symbol of everything that was wrong with that decade
1: you know but there's also surprising <laughs> okay like like splash is decidedly very like enthusiastic consent focus mm-hmm. and she has this big secret she's keeping you know from him and he's like what could it be what could it be he thinks she's an immigrant so he's like, "Oh, are you here illegally? Are you a man? Like, I don't care. Just tell me." And I was like, "Wow, very trans progressive, you know, mm-hmm. like, like." And it was just like it was very. Positive. Like, no, was just, I'm a fish. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, well, that I can't handle.
0: Right. <laughs> I <laughs> can't fuck it, a fish. I'm sorry. That's that's just not how we roll." Yeah, not... so
1: so like it's it's great. Like you also come back and you're like, "Oh, so you know, there's some they're Not everything is that Lloyd Dobler." Although there was a couple of jokes where. Um, you know, you're like, I could hear Melly be like, that won't fly. Like, no, way. yeah. <laughs> that's that's not anything. That's um not good. that was delightful. And then I went to the theater last night and I saw Babylon, Damien Giselle's Babylon. Oh it was my three hours and nine minutes.
0: Jesus.
1: <sighs> and it is I my personal assessment is I have no idea why this wasn't like a very fun star-studded TV show. Um, a little
0: mini series or something like that but it'd be
1: fantastic um i think first of all obviously chazelle works in the film feature medium so obviously that's probably not his natural go-to but it was really broken up into all these kind of like sequences and passing of time that would have been better for tv and then the other thing is, is it's so exhausting (laughs) <laughs> I, no like it's visually exhausting they're just like and this is amazing and this is amazing these people are throwing an orgy and this person's doing drugs and this is like it's so rapid fire after three hours i had a headache wow yeah because my eyeballs were like wow too much has happened here and i i don't think that that's and also there's like whole the sequences. excess yeah it's very genre bending which is great i i do enjoy that i on a whole, I think I'm gonna give it like three stars because there are things that are really great about it and things where I'm like, I could do it. never seen that again. But the the three sequences that are I think the most amazing is one where we see them try to record sound for the first time on a movie set. Cool. And everything goes wrong. It's very singing in the rain. Um, except for like you get to like see all the cuts like every time somebody tries to like t- do a take and it's slightly off or it wasn't good for sound. Or, and like people are losing their minds. Like our entire theater must have been through a full of industry people. Cause it felt so real. We just like, we were just dying in laughter. The first AD just becomes a madman of insanity cause nothing's working on set. It's just that alone is worth it. Um, there's also this crazy ver- like scene where um. Why uh, uh, we were just talking about her? Why did I? Why can't Margot I, Robbie? Margot Robbie feels like people think she's not serious, and that her dad's her manager, and her dad, you know, isn't cool enough. And she, they're like drunk at a party, and she makes them all drive out to the desert so that everyone can see her dad fight a snake, and it goes ridiculously wrong as you can imagine. And right. Um, it's just ridiculous but it's like almost comes from almost a different movie or something and it's like you have that feeling of like am i watching this this is insane right because the- so
0: normally that kind of a scene where just be like all right well we're just going to take this little brief interlude here to, for a man to fight a snake
1: no, no it's very indulgent and then the last sequence which is the weirdest is when toby Maguire shows up and that's let's <laughs> just say and he keeps applying white face like clown makeup like he could be the next Joker. I I know people don't think that about Toby Maguire, but after you watch that sequence, you're like, that guy could burn the the entire world down and not care. Um, yeah, it's it's insane, and he 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 also is he's playing like a part of like a crime syndicate, and uh, he's pitching ideas to an executive producer about movies, and his pitches are laughably terrible i can't (laughs) even i don't even want to tell you them because you need to experience them in real time but i would love to have been on set when they decided on some of these like one of them okay i'll tell you one of them he's like um i think it's Wyatt Earp but he's like but Wyatt Earp couldn't read so like it'd be the movie that he would be and pardon my French from quoting the movie retarded (laughs) (laughs) and everybody's just like since he's this Uh... like Yeah, they're like they're like okay, 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 and and you know, and they they have to like nod and agree because like this guy could kill them at any moment, and he's like, I got more, you know, and it just it goes from there. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to tell you them all, but um, it was it was quite the movie. I don't know if I ever have the energy to watch it all again. Um, So everybody who goes, make sure you all caffeine and make sure you can you know maybe some advil afterwards if your eyeballs hurt um highly highly recommend that uh for self care uh what's our resource of the week rob
0: our resource of the week uh while i am loath to recommend contests or gatekeepers of any kind uh this is a you, free no. thing yeah uh this is a free thing uh where you can submit your pilot script uh, to potentially carve an avenue to where you can find eyes or just see what sort of state uh, your pilot is in. And this is the Circle of Confusion Writer Discovery Fellowship. Uh, it goes to January 6th. Um, so the I think the holidays is a perfect time for you to mm-hmm. get your pilot in shape. Uh, you've got about two weeks and uh, a few hours to get your, uh, your script in ship shape for this thing. And like I said, it's free. You got to sign up for a profile over on Coverfly and then load it up on Coverfly and then um, let's list, list it. And of course, you know, that sort of thing. And so in Coverfly, of course, is also free. So head on over there. There's a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, polish it on up and get it on over to circle of confusion. Uh, then they always get a beat because they produced eternal sunshine. And that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and that is our show. Uh, screenwriting from the chenches can currently be found on Anchor, Apple, Google, and Spotify Podcasts, as well as KevinLMartin.com. Our screenwriting Twitter drama theme song was written by Zach Morrison and used with his permission. And hey, since we're a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rated us five stars on whatever platform you patronize because...
1: Algorithms.
0: For questions for us that we can and will answer on the show, please email me at robertbespectaclemofo.com. You can also find us on Twitter. I am at BespectacleMofo.
1: I am at k
0: underscore tux. Zach is at Zach Morrison eighteen, and these things, as well as my YouTube channel, uh, where the Cinema Challenge series, uh, "How to Make a Movie for a Thousand Dollars," has been relaunched, and it's doing quite well. Some of you have signed up for the um, the uh, the virtual workshop that we're offering right now, um, and it's been really great. Uh, so I appreciate all of the people out there who have signed up. It, that I really that really means a lot. Um, So if you really want to figure out like how you can work that alchemy of, you know, if you've got a day job and you want to make one of these things into like a reality and you can, you know, drum up like a thousand bucks, uh, we'll tell you how to do it. And um, so that information will also be in the show notes. Um, Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you will continue to do so.
1: Now, stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves.
0: Kate hey, Tuxford, happy holidays.
1: Rob Hagen's, happy holidays.
0: To the beloved listenership of this podcast, we'd like to offer you a present for the holiday season. As some of you who have listened to our, you know, final boilerplate. Uh, we offer a web series on my Bespectacled MoFo YouTube channel, How to Make a Movie for $1,000. But some of you guys have been asking for something more in-depth on the subject. And as we rebrand into something that we're calling the Cinema, Challenger, Cinema Challenge Series, based on your feedback, we are able to offer something more in-depth in the form of a live virtual workshop just in time for the holidays. Now, we never offer you guys anything that we don't think is of real value and at seventy dollars for admission that's thirty percent off uh this is the perfect gift for the filmmaker in your life or the one in your heart who's got a story to tell with only an iphone and a coffee can full of loose change for a film budget you can make that dream come to life and we're going to tell you how with admission you'll get a workshop workbook and during the live uh, webinar we'll take you through pre-production all the way to post Telling you how to, to develop your idea into a workable screenplay, what equipment that you will absolutely need, how to feed your cast and crew on a budget, and where to get powerful editing software for 100% free. We break down your dream into workable chunks so that you can reach success, even with a day job. And if you signed up before the holidays, we will shout out your film. All you have to do is send us a trailer for your thousand dollars slash micro budget feature within a year of taking the workshop and we'll promote you on all of our various social medias related to the perspective mofo channel, as well as the YouTube channel itself to sign up, visit the link in the show notes for your first step towards telling the story that's burning a hole inside you. There are three dates available in early 2023, but with limited seated, those are going to fill up fast. So again, Go to the link in the show notes or email me at robertbespectaclemofo.com for more details. We can't wait to help jumpstart your journey, your cinematic journey in 2023. Thanks so much for supporting us in this venture and happy holidays.